Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everyone welcome to another episode of left turns and loud noises we are on episode 66 i'm your host anthony dietrich the ever knowing not cake co-host uh today is july 27th that joke is starting to get old now that cake has kind of gotten off the menu but i am joined by my partner in crime the mayor of danger bay kevin costello what's good my dude i was gonna say if you're if you're not cake does that mean i'm cake am i, I cake do you want to find out I, I mean, I got. Uh, I, was, I was about to get really dark. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm doing well, good. I'm doing good, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're we're still not sure about Kevin's identity, but we're figuring it out as we go along. Hopefully, by the end of the episode, he's not eating himself. Yep. I am also joined by the former president of R NASCAR, our ever favorite co-host to have on the podcast, Jeremy Methfield. What's up, dude? Man, you're gonna call me your favorite with him on the line too? Jeez, that's gotta hurt his pride. I said yeah, ever it's, it's favorite. Okay. I don't even know what that means. I feel like that means the same thing. It's basically, we love having you on the podcast. It's always a treat to have Methy on. And we have a special episode with Methy today because we've been teasing it for a while, but we're going to interview Jay uh, Jay Methy over here. Apparently I had enough uh, smart-ass remarks where you're like, okay, we need to know more. There's, There's always so many tidbits you throw into an episode that at this point we just have to like get a real interview with you it's it's only fair and it's also to kind of test us to get back into the interviewing phase so i can start trying to ask drivers back on the podcast and not completely embarrass ourselves or i guess myself kevin does a great job i i ask dumb questions all the time i'm a natural all right I say? Cr- yeah crash test crash test dummy not the <laughs> first time we'll i've had this role <laughs> we'll do a system where we ask you two real questions and then like one fake stupid question and you have to guess which one's a stupid question i guess well every Our... anime that happens on uh, the subreddit someone asks does pineapple belong on pizza so we can always shoot that one we always could shoot that one that's a good one but uh let's start first of all with the racing we had this weekend so we had a shorter um stint of races this weekend we had we had two trucks one expandy and cup started us off with the weekend and um kansas showed that it is it does not fuck around on restarts at all especially with some hard hits um you guys want to start with that or how do you want to start with this yeah i feel like the first thing i'm thinking of the weekend is holy crap that inside wall took a beating (laughs) 
I mean, yeah, that was... Ryan Ryan Priest did his best Eric McClure impression at Talladega, where he looked like he was speeding up, hurtling towards the inside wall. Mm-hmm. He hit he hit that. I that was probably the most heart stopping moment I've had since watching Newman's crash live at Daytona, and that was like yeah, it didn't look as bad because he didn't get upside down, but you're just like, damn, these guys are hitting hard, and you really get a sense of speed when they clobber the wall going 180. Yeah, he almost he he was basically seven fifth uh, or seven eight seven eighths of the way like um over like on his roof at that point. Yeah. Like the car did everything but tumble over. And surprisingly, I think like the best part um that we can talk about is the fact that Ryan Priest jumped out immediately. Like I mean, he had as we as far as we know no injuries from that wreck. Which I mean, like you said, the it, the car looked like it was speeding up as it went into the wall like Eric McClure's wreck. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's just an illusion of the camera or whatnot, but that was definitely one of the scariest wrecks we've seen since Newman. And definitely, you know, happy to see him get out of that immediately. Um, you know, we've, we had a lot of those restarts just holding our breath moment. Yeah, I, I think my favorite part, though, of the, uh, the entire race was after Priest crashed. He put on his mask in about 15 seconds, so let that be a lesson to everyone out there. If Ryan Priest can cover the wall going 180, then you can put your damn mask on going out to freaking Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, he was also really pissed off when he got after he got into that wall and still remembered to put on the mask. So See, I think he Ryan knew Priest, our boy. he was mad for me because I did pick him as the dark horse, and he, he hated to let me mm-hmm. down, but sometimes it's, uh, it's out of your control at that point. I want to just say, this is the fourth race in a row that a JTG car has finished in last, so I think that we need to stop picking them. At least for now. I did. <laughs> yeah, the one weekend that Matthew doesn't pick Ryan Priest. <laughs> it's like always it. Matthew or Alex that picks either Priest or, or Stenhouse, and they've just been terrible the last four races. So, And I, I gotta feel bad for, you know, JTG, because they do deserve better, but you know, thank goodness for safer bears and thank goodness for the safety of these cars. You know, mm-hmm. Priest's car absolutely just tried to just face plan as hard as it could and Priest still got out of it. So thank God for that. Um, woes continue for Jimmy Johnson. Another weekend, another old man Johnson of crash avoidance test. And it's starting to get to the point now. Jimmy's looking at the out on the outside looking in and it's getting bad. Yeah, I want to say he's two points out, and just looking forward to the tracks he's got ahead. I mean, Dover's a great New track for a him. Yeah. New Hampshire's good, but Michigan, I don't know. Hendrick's been off on the uh, the big blade package lately, and that's I'll tell not going to bode well for him. And then the last time we had a, a new road course to the series, he was looking like he was going to win it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, he didn't. So good news for Jimmy. There's no final chicane on the front straightaway for him to absolutely boof it into. So that's oh, oh but yet. there might be. Not yet. There might be. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet. I've heard the rumors of them putting one in before on the pit road, which I guess makes some sense. But I will be running legitimately two minute, 10 second lap times at that point. So that's going to be. It'll be interesting to see what NASCAR does with it. Obviously, you don't want to be going too tended to that first corner. That's with with these brakes. They don't um, want him, They just don't want them hitting the brakes at the start finish line. Yeah, it's yeah. all about optics. It's I don't know. What I think they should do is someone mentioned it. Run because they're they're afraid of the amount of speed they're going to get from the horsepower and the small mm-hmm. blade. So I'm like, why not try out a 550 horsepower but small blade package we haven't had that before uh at least in cups that's pretty much what extended runs and they put on a show every week so i feel like that's worth a shot could could be something interesting we'll get down we we love talking about the daytona road course well before we even get there it's just a lot of intrigue there 
But definitely, yeah, I mean, we also have two Dover races coming up, and we talked about this before, not going to be any fans there. But, um, you know, that's a track that I feel like Hendrick does really well at. So hopefully Jimmy can, like, get his shit together there. Um, but, yeah, definitely the last few weeks, I, I can only think of misery and pain have gone through the uh, Hendrick wheelhouse with Johnson. And they had good race cars last weekend. I feel like Bowman and, and Byron were looking really good uh, up until the second to last restart. Yeah, Keith Rodden came back and almost um, <laughs> yeah. pulled out a win, but then Keith Rodden also came back and kind of had a horrible call on the last pit stop. So he giveth and he taketh away. Mm-hmm. Ended up uh, Will Byron finishing in 10th. Not necessarily what he needed with the, how the points are going, but a 10th place is still a 10th place. You'll take it where you can get it. But obviously, I feel like that would have been the race that Will Byron's going to win. And I, he's not going to have Keith on the box this weekend, right? Now, Canals is back. Baby Canals, I believe, was born. Uh, congratulations uh, to Baby Canals and congrats to Chad on the that. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying to look at the points right now. Um, I believe Jimmy yeah. Johnson is two points out right now, which is that's scary because imagine, I mean, in the final season, everyone wants a feel good story with a guy going out on top, especially like a guy, seven time champion. But for him not to make the playoffs going back to last year as well, that would just be a horrible way to end a career. And that yeah, at that point, I'd, I'd almost say ruins him from the GOAT conversation because I feel like all the seven-time Cup Series champions have had really bad endings to their career. I mean, Dale, Dale was competitive. Oh, even I was going to fucking say, That's, I mean, but like, Dale kind of... Like, from 99 and 2000, I'm pretty sure he only had one win those two years Matthew, you're you're the old man on this podcast <laughs> didn't dale senior get a concussion at atlanta in 99 that kind of fucked the end of his career uh was it atlanta or was it darlington that he passed out in like 97 i think well i i know there was an accident or incident in 99 that you know and i'm pretty sure it was atlanta that he had um he hit the wall pretty hard like um well not pretty hard but he like had a concussion like you know how Dale Jr. hit the wall in 2003 at Dover and got a concussion? It didn't look that bad. It's the same thing with Senior, I believe. I, I, I take it back. Remember. Dale's 99 season was pretty pretty good. But yeah, 2000. Um, 2000, he had the Talladega race, and that was just about it. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hey, you know, you look at some of these, the goats. I mean, obviously, Richard was well past his prime when he retired. I mean, Didn't that was he a win long time. Atlanta that year? Huh? He honestly might have. Let me check. <laughs> This is this um, is you got to remember. I, I'm still a young child. Um, yeah. Yes, you're right, Matthew. And by like three inches over Bobby Labani. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I I claim not being alive. That that's fair. That's a good claim. Yeah. That's a yeah. good claim. You're technically oh, not alive until you're four years old and conscious. So people forget that. Fine by me. Um. What is the? So I mean, we're a little spoiled, I think, with how some of our most recent quote-unquote goats, I think we need to change that term, by the way. Everyone can't be a freaking goat. Um, have gone out, like Jeff obviously winning at Martinsville in his final year. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about 2016 where he showed up in the 88. Um, <laughs> then you had like Tony Stewart winning at Sonoma in his final season. Obviously didn't do anything in the chase, but that was still an exciting win. And you're expecting something from Jimmy. And every single week that he doesn't do it, you know, it starts to become more and more of this question, is Jimmy ever going to win again? And that's obviously, you know, it's it's a it's a steep slope. I feel like, you know, Jimmy's not done racing. He's just probably going to be done with Cup. And obviously there's other, like, platforms for him to go to. But, you know, I, Dover's coming up, and there's a bunch of races in the chase that I know that he could pull something off if he tried. So 
looked good at Darlington. We still got that coming up. Um, I think you mentioned that Bristol is always a wild card. It feels like mm-hmm. so. There's a chance. Um, I think I think Dover, the second Dover, he's going to have the best shot at it because a, yeah. it's his track, mm-hmm. and b, Dover is physically the hardest track on the circuit. So. About halfway through the second race, I anticipate a bunch of guys just falling out the seat, and Jimmy like, okay, I'm still good. <laughs> we're going to find out who the true narcoleptic drivers are. Honestly, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but if he keeps this bad luck streak going, and he's like more than a race or so out of the points heading into the Dover weekend, if I'm him, I'm trying to finish as close as I can to 20th for the field invert, and then just smoke in the field on day two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Yep. Strategy, well, man. You got to get you got to get the points where you can. Get the stage points, finish exactly. finish low. Yeah. Smart uh, Alex Bowman Charlotte strategy. Hopefully it works out. Uh we'll see. We'll see. Uh let's let's round this out real quick. So, uh Denny Hamlin ends up winning the race with Kevin Harvick close behind him. Um just another one of the big two, I guess, <laughs> showing everyone up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for to. for NBC. Oh, I'm to sorry. Collect. Brad Keselowski was the second trip. <laughs> I'm Kevin Harvick wait- was there. Kevin Harvick yes. was there at the end and then just fell like a rock. I'm still waiting for NBC to coin a term where it's like battle of the H's between Harvick and Hamlin. I'm sure they can do better than oh, that. Oh, it's already there. They're, they're just waiting to debut it for the chase. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking like a two-horse race mm-hmm. as the favorites, and they're both good at, at Phoenix. Uh, d- don't forget that, so that'll be an interesting finale if they do end up getting there, but... Kyle Busch is starting to look better. I mean, he won his first stage, got his first playoff point of the year, which is mind-boggling to think that it took him 19 races to get a single point. (laughs) Um, And then he knocked down the wall again and still almost got a top 10 in true Kyle Busch fashion. Mm -hmm. Cole Custer had a great run again on the bottom half, finishing seventh. Eric Jones had a great point day, rounding out the rest of the top five. And a shout Needed that good point day because I made a mistake last podcast and you did not correct me. Eric Jones is not safely in the playoffs. He is fighting to get in so that he needs those top fives. And don't get me wrong, I'm I'm sure Eric Jones will find victory lane before we get to the playoffs. He does that every year, it feels like. So, um, but yeah, he needed that top five. And a big shout out to Daniel Suarez for finishing on the lead lap in 18 points and that gone brothers racing car that's a huge accomplishment for that team. Mm-hmm. is that their first top 20 that uh, of the season probably but maybe not like of all time let me check that's uh that i mean dude yeah huge shouts out to gbr you know they've obviously had a rough season missing the starting with missing the 500 cars just never been top 20 speed top 25 speed barely <laughs> even top 30 speed and obviously rex had a lot to do with it but suarez uh showed why he was a top tier driver at one point in his career uh, you know, taking a car that had no business being in the top 20 in the top 20. So shouts out to Daniel Suarez. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the man who just won't quit Eric Almarola on. This has got to be now seven in a row. I think eight in a row, eight in a row. This is yeah. ridiculous. I said I wouldn't pick him last week because of a 10th place finish. And look who looks foolish now. Well, I think you yeah, picked 11... Eric Jones instead, right? Of 12, so he's obviously on a roll. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight in a row. Holy shit! Yeah, well, while he uh, he's still looking for that win and he's got a pretty big win streak going, but you know who doesn't have a pretty big win, winless streak going, should I say, is our uh, former champion of the truck series last year, Matt Crafton. Finally got a first win in three years yeah. down there. Congratulations to Matt Crafton, you know, and so it wasn't an easy win either. He had to really hold off mm-hmm. a young, hard-charging rookie in Christian Eckes, 
who you know made it very exciting at the end. That was a that was a very very fun race we got there mm-hmm. between him and Eckes. Um, good racing overall. I saw a lot out of uh, Zane Smith that I liked this weekend. Um, shouts out to Chase Purdy finishing top ten. I think that's his first career race in the trucks. Yeah, I look- nope. No, nope. no, it's not. But yeah, shouts out to him. That was his first career top ten. But yeah, nice. Matt Crafton. I did not realize it was since 2017 was his last. It felt like it wasn't that long ago. I mean, there's not a lot of racing series out there where you can say, "Oh yeah, the champion last year um had a has a three <laughs> three year winless streak." Wait, what? And yeah, yeah. could say that's that since 2012 with Austin Dillon. He he played it to perfection. Can't blame the guy. Yeah, no, good for him. Definitely. Uh, you know, gave us gave us some excitement. That was a that was a good good job for um, Matt Crafton, who I I realized yesterday Matt Crafton is Menard's version of uh, Russell Crowe. Yes. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. What? Find me. Find. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, look look at the two of them together. Tell me that Matt Crafton and Russell Crowe. Like could I've not never be, seen them like, in the same place together. They might be the same person. They could I be. Legitimately, Matt Crafton might have a very suave Australian accent we've never heard. Like there's, there's a yeah. Can 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 um Russell Crowe to the eighty eight be our title? Can we make episode? a movie about Matt Crafton and star Russell Crowe in it? It's a perfect casting. It would work. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah he's the winless that, champion. That baby face. overcoming adversity. But also maturity to him that's uh, very unique to come by. But they both pulled off to perfection, almost as well as Austin Hill pulled off that uh, that first doubleheader truck race on Friday. <laughs> You're the fucking king of transitions. I'm getting sick. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Um, yeah, so another first time winner this season, I believe, in Austin Hill. So that's that's big news for him. Obviously, definitely needed something to go right. There, yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised yeah, first it was his, his first one of the year, too, because I, I just looked on the tracks that the uh, trucks have run on this year, and they've literally only raced on a mile and a half and two and a half mile tracks so far, mm-hmm. which yeah, is no, mind boggling. Yeah, it's usually Austin Hill's bread house, but obviously Austin yeah. probably should have had that win in Atlanta um, this season. That's true. Yeah. But good to see Hattori back in victory lane, um, champion from two years ago. Austin definitely needed that win to secure himself in the playoffs. I feel I feel like he was sitting pretty, but um, you know, you'd rather you'd rather be you know in it in it than fighting at the end. And I know the trucks, um, standings are really interesting, right? Oh come on, <sighs> Reddit, <laughs> Dude, don't don't do this to me. I got him right here for you. So, uh, yeah. right now it's looking like the you need cutoff... to update this, Matthew. It doesn't have Craft and winning on here. <laughs> The cutoff line right now looks like Todd Gillen and Tyler Ankrum right mm-hmm. now. Um, I separated. saw Derek Krause was teasing that. And Sodder's not in it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's super surprising. Sodder's not in it. Um, I expected Sard. big things out of Ty Majeski this year, and he hasn't yeah. done much except flip on his roof at Daytona. Well, he's still sixteenth um, in the points. He can he can definitely make a charge. Um, I mean, Natalie Decker is more top fives than him right now. That's true. This is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact. 
Let's do um, it. Quit now. Just quit yep. now. I gotta give a shout out though to Derek Krause, though. Real shit. I mean, this guy was a rookie. Is a rookie. Came from KN last year, running with Haley Deegan and and all those guys down there, and has completely shown out this season. Might make the playoffs in the nineteen DGR Cross League uh, Toyota. So I'm I'm looking. I'm gonna be keeping my eye on him to maybe bump Ancrum or um someone else out. And Johnny Sauter is another one I feel like is gonna steal a win. So keep an eye out for him because it's Johnny Sauter for God's sakes, you know. The fun thing about the trucks this year is um, they're still missing four races on their schedule, so no one has <laughs> a clue what the actual championship format's going to look like. Like they might they should have totally up... done New Hampshire this weekend. Then I I I don't make the rules. Um, yeah, we no one knows what's going to happen there. I'm hoping they can get all 23 races in because that's a lot of sponsorship and whatnot that could go to waste. And yeah, I'd like I want to see how this 10 team playoff format works out. I thought it was yeah. kind of stupid that they just included two more instead of four more or that yeah, they kept no, the, happy with the, uh, look, they kept the cutoffs that to it was like to 10 to 8 to 4 I it, my OCD would have liked it much better if they went 10 I, 7 to 4 I get but, it yeah no yeah. that would be much better yeah um, but um definitely want to see how it works so hopefully they can get all the races and yeah, Xfinity it, as well is still missing two races and speaking of Xfinity Guess who won this weekend, boys? I can't believe we held it all the way to the end. Brandon <laughs> Jones is be- is now I feel like becoming Mr. Clutch in as far as last lot passes go. You look at last year's win, got it done on a green white checker. You look at Pocono, last lot pass for the win. And now at Kansas on Saturday, got a huge run on the last lot. Had to have been just heart throbbing through his chest in that last lap, making those passes. Got to sh- give it out to our boy Brand Jones, getting the big dub, second win of the season, and five more playoff points. It's definitely going to help him down the road. It was a very, very fun victory. And I know Kevin did not get to see it live, but I immediately called Kevin <laughs> to let him know the good news. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun phone call because I, I knew something was going on. Like, Anthony's not just calling me right now on a Saturday night mm. for nothing. So I knew it had to be good. And, yeah, I, that, that replay, man, that looked like something out of a video game. Lo and behold, now, yeah. Now, here's the just... question about getting it done on the green-white checker. Does that say that Brandon Jones is good at them? Or does it say that the system is flawed to give somebody like him an opportunity to take advantage of it? I think that he had to have had fresh tires the way he was driving around those guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had to have had fresh tires. That's the only explanation. Obviously, we love Brandon here, but he's he, it's for him to just completely make a fool out of Austin Sindrick, who led 131 laps. Yeah, it was probably late race strategy there that got him up there. I mean, a win's a win's a win. I, I know that many drivers will, will take them where they get them. You know, I mean, obviously, Justin Haley's happy to have one cup win in his career right now and so on and so forth. But, you know, he oh, still not, had to I'm work I'm not trying to take around. away I've from seen, it. I've seen cars with, sh- like, good tires not do shit on restarts. So, but obviously Kansas is a different monster. And definitely he got that drive off on that back straightaway that really just propelled him past Cindric and right to victory. I still was holding my breath the whole last lap. I'm like, something's going to go wrong here. There's no way that Brandon Jones just drove away. All so I'm I think saying. we can all agree is that uh... – uh, ISC had it right with their progressive banking, yes. and SMI screwed it up with their flat in one corner, some banking in the other, Kentucky, Texas. Yes. Uh, we need to band-aid it with a PJ1, because yes. Chicagoland, Kansas, 
They've been putting on some of the best racing on a mile and a half. Yeah, we're also at that sweet spot since their last repave, too. And it's the same with Vegas since they've changed the progressive banking. Um, and this had to have been like, what, 2006, 7, 8? So we're looking at like about a decade of cars on this track. So you're getting a sweet spot of tire wear, multiple grooves. It's really like those are going to be the best tracks for our next three years. Yeah, the only mile and a half track that I can think of that SMI put out there right now that I would consider a good mile and a half just on its own is Vegas. Because Vegas has that where you can run against a wall and it's it's aged mm-hmm. pretty nice. I, I want to say it's mm-hmm. repaved was 2006 or seven. Like you were saying, so yeah. hopefully that's that's the thing about repaves. Like Kansas got repaved pretty recently, comparatively. I want to say it was 2012, which is the same here as Michigan. And Michigan looks brand new and races the exact same as it has since that got repaved. But yeah, Kansas has aged like fine wine. Yes. Chicagoland has not yet been repaved. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, <laughs> Chicagoland is still on the 2001 coat. Yeah, yeah they're on oh, OE she... pavement. Auto oh, clubs she... on 1997. I gotta say, man, Chicago. So is Atlanta. Aging, <laughs> Chicago land is aging like Jennifer Aniston. Then, like, literally, just keeps getting more and more beautiful, more and more perfect. God bless. Yeah, I feel like that. That sweet spot, the best we saw it with Auto Club is about sixteen something years because we saw Auto Club kind of fall off a little bit lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost too worn out, kind of with Atlanta. But yeah, Chicago land. That's why I was so bummed with it getting. Um, canceled this year because it's it's been the last two races there have been absolutely phenomenal and yeah to not have it this year is a crime yeah yeah well we'll fate we'll hope hopefully nascar figures that out and gives them two races next year that would be that would be a nice surprise i know um, i know matthew's just hoping for at least one race at this point i just want one that would be nice <laughs> gotta give a shout like- out to oh go ahead no i'm sorry i was just saying that was my like one half week of the year where i could just check out and yeah. Daughter goes with her mom, and it's like I get off work. It's like I'm going racing for four days. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we we please NASCAR if any of the officials or anyone within the sport listen, please, please, please give Chicago Land at least one, and and for the sake of good racing, give it two weekends. Um, yeah. oh, yes, you were please. gonna say something. I was just gonna I say would... yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um. So I just want to round out the Xfinity race. Uh, shout out to our boy Ryan Vargas. Didn't um didn't get the finish he wanted in 25th, but kept the car clean, kept it out of trouble. I saw him running, um you know around the leaders when they were lapping him, and just kept himself out of trouble. That's just you know obviously what you want to see is just a driver not getting any wrecks. So good for him. Um, I want to give a huge shout out though to Colin Garrett with the 16th place finish in the Sam Hunt 26. That is very impressive. And shouts out to Tommy Joe Martins getting a finish of 18th. He's had a lot of bad luck this season, so good to see the car finishing in the top 20 there. Yeah. And good luck to him on his blistered ass. Hopefully he'll yeah. put a yeah. hole in his feet. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Yeah, it's definitely P. Um, all right. So, Methy, you're all, you're all ours now. I guess so. Uh, have at it. I'll do my best. And like I said, yeah. I'm willing to be your uh, crash test dummy on this one. Like I said, that's also... Not the first time I've had that role. Let's break down, first of all, your racing career, since you've had much more racing in your life than it seems we anticipated when we first brought you on here, because it just keeps getting thrown in more and more tidbits. You've had experience with, um, you know, the Choose Cone. You've had races that you've won. Sounds like you've had multiple wins. So break it down for us. Like, what have you driven over your career? He's just calling you old in a very polite way. Don't get it wrong. I'm not. I'm not calling him old. <laughs> it's, 
it's experienced. It's okay. And uh, yeah, uh, I've been a fan of NASCAR since 1988. It was the first year I went to the Daytona 500 with my dad. And the Dale and Dale show. No. Yeah. Wrong. No. That, that was, was the, that was the, the Allisons. Yeah, that was the Allisons. That was that, that's Bobby yeah, that's Dale. what I meant. Hundred <laughs> percent. Dale and Dale show was ninety three. Once again, I claim not being alive. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good claim. And that pissed me off. I remember getting pissed off that the dad won. It's like, no, I wanted the son to win. So yeah. from there on, I was a I was a Davy fan. And then mm-hmm. I was a Jeff Gordon fan. And then when I turned sixteen, I was like, hey, can I drive a race car? My dad's like, yeah, let's do it. Nice. Wait, let's ask your mom first. And mom said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's Which awesome. brings me to the one of the most messed up parenting decisions I've ever been a part of or been involved in. Because when I was younger, I wanted to play football, but it was expensive. I could get hurt, and <laughs> the players are mean. <laughs> are you sure you're talking about football and not racing? It's okay, though, it, if, if you're on four wheels instead of your legs and in, in a steel cage i guess that made the difference it's like so wait yeah. a minute i can't play football because i could get hurt but in racing i'm gonna have to wear three layers of fire retardant material encase myself in a steel cage and five point heart but I, you're okay with that yeah so <laughs> but yeah no i started off in a a street stock at least in the chicagoland area they call it a street stock it was a, a mid-80s monte carlo that we stripped gutted put a way overkill roll cage in it for the track we were on but my dad was like you ain't getting hurt in my car okay i ran that for a year and a half at a like a fifth mile bull ring nice. moved up to that track closed down and moved over to a, another track in indiana that had a quarter mile paper clip and a half mile i had some success on there moved to a a limited late model which is was a tube chassis fiberglass body with a crate engine it was like the first generation of crate engines put out 440 horsepower ran eight inch goodyear slicks grooved slicks had some success with that and then i moved tried to move up into a super late model and realized that i did not have the money to do it properly so on a cold-ass December, January evening, can't feel my fingers, trying to work on something that didn't fit, I rage quit. Nice. Oh. But I'm and, actually and glad that was all she wrote. I'm, that was all she wrote for my driving career, at least in my own cars. But I'm actually glad I quit when I did, because I ran out of money before I ran out of talent. Okay. Which... As we can yeah. see from some of the truck series and even, hell, even the cup series now, yeah. there's a lot more people with more money than talent. So at least I didn't go <laughs> that route. At least I didn't go that route. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Oh, you got coronavirus there, Kevin? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was weird. Hopefully oh, that man. doesn't pop back up. Hopefully that doesn't come down on me while I'm trying to pit with uh, two laps down. Or I think some... I think you're fine. You don't have nothing to worry yeah, about yeah. there. Okay. Not clear. <laughs> so you ran a lot. So were you running a lot more dirt than pavement, or were you running more asphalt than the? It was all asphalt. I have all never, asphalt. okay, never driven dirt. Did you ever want to race dirt, or was that just kind of like too ballsy for you? That was at the time. It was too expensive. Okay, and my and my dad had driven asphalt, so I kind of had a. Uh, but we're going to do asphalt because this is what I know. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a 16-year-old punk kid. I'm not going to argue with a man who knows. And yeah, my dad is, dirt, 
is dirt big in uh, Illinois? It I is. Feel like that's more of a Pennsylvania or Ohio type of thing. I know it's the same area, but I don't know if state by state it's a lot different. It's definitely not the it same is, area, but it is. It is now. Um, at the as of right now, there are I believe four paved tracks in Illinois. Okay. Uh, Rockford, a quarter mile high banked. That's a NASCAR sanctioned track. Ooh. Uh, Oh, that place is a blast. I've won there before, but that's a different story. Or later oh, in the story. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Grundy County, which is, I believe, a three-eighths paved, like medium banking, and then Chicagoland and Gateway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gateway is in Illinois. Forget about that. Wait, is I thought it was in St. Louis. No, no it's in Madison, Illinois. It's right across the, right across the river. Okay. So technically, it's in yeah. Illinois, but it's it's like oh, it's it. This is our track, says St. Louis. That makes sense. Pretty much, yeah. It's like Missouri claiming Kansas City. Don't Fair. start. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you just mentioned Rockford that you won there. So when how when did you do that one? That was fifteen years ago. God, I'm old. It was <laughs> I'm sorry. We're That's trying not right. to. We're trying to make you reminisce, not not regret. No, I'm I'm fun. dating myself here, but that's fine. No, it, that was in a uh, end of the season. Uh, run what you brung. They put you you qualify, and you can run against whatever else happens to be in that time bracket. And that's it was cool. a fifty lap feature, and I strategied my way to the win. I don't even know how else to say it. It was oh shit! There's three laps to go, and I'm leading. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, it's pretty much well, just like every super speedway race, right? Yeah, pretty You're much, pretty much, yeah. And that was to me growing up, Rockford was our super speedway because on the fifth mile flat track to go to you know a high banked quarter mile, it was mm-hmm. like it that was our Daytona. How how fast is an average lap time there? Like in terms of uh, speed. Uh Shit, you're gonna make me do math now. Um, yep. <laughs> Carry the four. Yeah, there's a formula to do it. I just can't do it off the top of my head. It's uh, probably about seventy miles an hour, which I know doesn't sound fast. But for yeah, a you got... quarter mile, yeah, that's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah doing 13, 14 second laps. That's like uh, that's really hauling. It's mini Bristol, yeah. 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 That's cool. How, what were the, what were the banking's got to be like? What twenty degrees or less than? I th- that? Uh, I want to say it was like 22 to 24. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, that's actually really awesome. I'd like to check that track out one of these days. I could I could be wrong, though. And, yeah, there was a it lot. Was. It was uh, Chad Knauss' home track. Really? Uh, guys like Dick Trickle. Yeah, uh, Chad Knauss' dad was a, uh, I believe he was a track champion there. That's Ooh. cool as hell. What would you say was probably the most difficultly, like, difficult earned win that you ever had to get? Oh, earned win? <laughs> Just a win in general, I guess. I mean, what was the most difficult win you've ever had to you know, push yourself through? Genuinely, probably that Rockford win. Because really? it, was, it was 50 laps. Yeah. There was an incident on a start where I lost like seven positions because mm-hmm. I checked up and the outside line didn't. Oof. And I just had to one by one by one pick them off. And like I said, three laps to go, I'm in the lead. I was like, oh, oh, okay, now what do I do? Oh, shit. <laughs> can, you, can you throw slide jobs? I know it's, it's high bank, so that helps, but with a track that small, can you still throw slide jobs there? I've seen it done. 
Um, I've never seen it done successfully. Okay. Difference <laughs> <laughs> between trying and actually yeah. completing. Yeah, people go into it's the outside line is by far the fastest there. Okay. And if you even to get past on the inside, even if you're like two, three tenths of a second faster, you still gotta bump them up even to the higher groove, nice. just so you can get in the middle, just so you can get a good bite off to get up, you know, to get past them. But yeah, now if you go in on the bottom and slide up in front of them, they'll just cross over and get underneath you and run away with it. Or you're gonna be an idiot and come across their nose and end up in the billboards Oof. have you seen anyone fly out and hit billboards i have not in person okay i usually just somehow miss it um i have seen two cars get comp- just go straight vertical there because there's a big <laughs> tractor tire on the uh, pit wall exit yeah, i'm staring at a picture of it right now <laughs> uh, is that a number six uh it's i i see a picture of the tire i i, I don't see the wreck but okay, yeah, I, yeah, can, no, I can that, imagine that could cause some carnage. Yeah, that tire basically throws cars straight up. They just go vertical. <laughs> and I was, I was right behind it when one happened, and I was so pissed off because that was the one race that weekend I didn't have my mom's video camera duct taped to my headrest. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't have GoPros back then, okay? It I was, was going to say, literally, <laughs> you're mad, lad. It was literally duct tape a camera to the headrest, press record, and go. Nice. That's freaking hilarious. I didn't even think you could do that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the uh, the steady cam is is a lot nicer to view. That one was just probably a vomit inducing uh, uh, no, nightmare. I, I think I think it was a seizure inducing. And uh, if you want to <laughs> check it out, if you want to check it out, YouTube search for Methfield in car. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That can, that can turn out a lot of different ways. <laughs> Let's see if There's... we can't can't snag one of these uh, make sure to turn volume shots from it so how would um so um you you were the driver but how did having a crew work and with small tracks we don't know a lot about that so how how's that work my my crew was my dad who did he did a lot of the brain he did, he did all the brains let's be honest he did all the brains <laughs> of the operation okay um i i was the crew uh, during the week, if uh, like on Saturdays, I still had to work. My mom would help bleed the brakes. So it was a complete 100% family in-house team. Nice. Because I was going to say, there's no live pit stops or anything with 50-lap mains and everything. Yeah, no. And that 50-lapper, I've only run three 50-lappers. No, I've done more than that. I've probably done about five 50-lappers. But for the most part, it was... 25 or 30 wow that that probably goes by in what 10 minutes uh if you get if you get no cautions it can be done in eight sheesh Woo! that's crazy it's a lot of work for just a couple of minutes i'm watching your onboard right now man you're wheeling if if you have a seizure (laughs) if you have a seizure it's not my fault (laughs) you're not no one you're not lying i see this tire you're talking about too (laughs) It, it comes up quick too yeah that's scary as hell, man. And the fastest um, way to enter that corner is as close as you can get, as close yikes. to it as you can get. I was say, better hope no one's on the inside trying to get as much room as they can because we'll shove you right in that tire. And so you mentioned, that's usually how people get up in there. Yeah. You mentioned um, like that Rockford is Chad Knauss' uh, home track. Did you ever race against any uh, people that we might recognize their names now? Or um, Eric Darnell. 
Oh, no. okay. I recognize yeah. that name. Not, not a great driver, um, but I do recognize Eric Darnell. And, you know, here's the thing about the even, quote, what you just said, not a great driver. I never raced against him. I did practice with him several mm-hmm. times. And the one time in particular, I shoved my car into turn one as deep as it's ever been, picked up the throttle as hard as I've ever gotten in it. And it's like, here we go. This is a good lap. And all of a sudden I hear outside and Eric Darnell <laughs> passed me like I was tied to a tree stump. It was like, oh, I'm just going to no. put this on the trailer and go home. Sheesh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that money though. I mean, with those types of guys, they have the money to like, just have cars that are just completely superior and all speed reliability and stuff like that. I've heard it with multiple guys like William Byron, Brandon Jones, guys like that, that just come up and it's ranks. Not, it's not even money. His family's been in the sport forever. His, uh, grandfather was a USAC champion i believe and his dad raced locally oh. and regionally forever so yeah. you know he definitely had the uh, the lineage behind him yeah experience and a good car that'll help that's fucking hilarious though oh man hurt my be... pride <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry it hurt your pride bud. so nah, i got we, none we've, left we've talked about winning now we got to get to the the other end of that spectrum have you had any bad wrecks throughout your career uh Two. Uh, one, again, at Rockford, I backed it into the wall, and like an absolute idiot, I put my head down to brace myself. Oh, and nice. I, oh no. Oh, yeah. Um, I finished the race. I don't remember it. <sighs> oh, God. And, uh, oh, Your no, there was, was three, scrambled. actually. Oh, yeah, even more so than it was to begin with. <laughs> uh, the second one was I got uh, spun out. And three cars drove past me. The fourth car decided he was going to try to drive through me. Oh, classic. Um, I, I think my left rear spring might still be in orbit because it, <laughs> it, it disappeared. Oh, man. Wow. But the first one, that, that was like uh, the awakening, I guess you can call it. Or I don't know how else to say it. I was a 17-year-old kid. I was not competitive i was not in the way but i was just like hey look at me i have a race car yeah you have a car because you're not racing it well i got best way i can describe it is trunked guy behind guy behind me was not paying attention to anything in front of him he was mirror driving didn't notice turn one coming up He he hit he hit me so hard the back body panel was wrapped around the fuel cell oh wow Um, my bumper bar flew off in one piece with the right side of the frame rail still attached to it. Uh, left side of the frame rail, I'm pretty sure, got transported away because it, it disintegrated. And there was, there was like this little voice in the back of my head that says, can I try it now? And it was like the, uh, the shoulder devil took over, and I just <laughs> became a passenger. It's like, all right, you, you go for it. And that's when I started hitting people, moving people, and won my first race the following weekend. Nice. It was such a, I don't even an awakening of that competitive spirit that I never knew even existed. I went from going, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, let me get out of your way, to, oh, you want this spot? You come get it. <laughs> That's racing, though, man. It, it, yeah. Like I, I was watching a little bit of the, uh, the Formula One Drive to Survive thing on Netflix today, because I, I, whenever I'm bored, I, I turn on an episode, because it's, it's so good. Definitely recommend mm-hmm. watching it. But they were saying... Like if if you're here, if you have a teammate and you don't mind giving up a position, you got to retire because that's not the mentality you should have if you want to win and be successful. And 
like you were saying, you get you almost got to drive pissed off twenty four seven just because it gives you that extra edge and fire. Yeah, I think that what happened to you, Methy, is exactly what happened to Keselowski at his Road to Road America wreck. I probably when he went into the wall with no brakes and busted his yeah. ankle, and then one Pocono like a week later. Let it be known yep. I was at that Pocono race. Thank you, Kevin, for letting us know for now the sixth time. Gotcha. <laughs> so you um talk about being you know a race fan going to your first five hundred um in nineteen eighty eight um how many different tracks have you been to like uh, an actual like cup races? Uh, Chicagoland. Yes, of course. Michigan, Indianapolis, Talladega for one, and Daytona, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You gotta get, you gotta get the uh, an actual short track in you at some point. How was Michigan? I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about a fan experience there. I feel like we asked Noah I, that. It was big. Yeah, yeah, it's a big track <laughs> and loud. I remember that. I don't remember too much. I was still young, well before you were both there of you before were the catch fence was on the back straightaway. Probably, I find yeah. That really strange. I was watching I, IndyCar. Uh, or cart race where Greg Moore won, and there was just no catch fence on the backstretch. I'm like, that is wildly unsafe. I still find it weird that Charlotte Motor Speedway doesn't have a uh, catch fence going into three. Yeah, that's just weird. I yeah. Well, how I did not, how I long did not ago was that. it when? Uh, how long ago was it that Pocono's backstretch fence was trees? Oh yeah, yes. Casey Kane. Casey Kane. I watched trees. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the remodel. Might have been 2011 or 12, but yeah, that, I remember. You just if, if you got airborne, hope you don't mind hitting a tree. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's put a fence up. Yeah, man, Michigan seems like a cool track, though. I know that obviously, like the racing is just you know it's always gonna be Michigan racing, but I mean from what I've heard from people who go there, like they love it. Like it's it's a wonderful experience for them. And the the track, I know for Noah, he's told me the track is legitimately like in his city. Like it's just there, and I—it's not Lansing. Where is it? Uh, it's in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Thank you. It's yeah. just like in the middle of the city. It's a small city, but still. I was about to say, there's not much of a city. <laughs> small town. <laughs> Very yeah, but still, it's just kind of like he's like, yeah, I can go to it whenever. That's really cool. I'm glad though that like you know you know Michigan's a cool place. I definitely want to check out Indy. What have you done the 500 or the 400? Uh, both. I went both. to the 400 when it was supposed to be Jeff Gordon's last time there. Supposed to be, of course. And then then nice. he came back the next year. It's like, you yeah. defeated the purpose of my trip. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, so you were there for the super suck package, the high uh, high drag. Kyle Busch won it, right? Yeah, that was yeah. a I'm sorry, you had to boring that. race. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy. Which yeah. 500 did you go to? Uh... 2000 Pop Juan Montoya. Montoya won it yeah okay. oh that's pretty cool and, and then really I went cool again two or three years ago I can't remember when uh was it Takuma Sato won oh 2017 that's when Scott Dixon went airborne oh yeah yes right. I was there for that I didn't see Oof. that because I was sitting on the front stretch out of four <laughs> Matthew Damn. have you, you Matthew so you know about the snake pit then I I saw it I've never Methy, been. We gotta it. take you to the Snake Pit if we ever go, because I'm I'm gonna go check that out. Because my uh, buddy Sebastian went there. Shuts up, blind boy. He went there. He went to the Indy 500 twice in like 15, 16. Says he doesn't remember a single thing because he was in the Snake Pit. 
I was going to say, Anthony, I, th- I feel like you love the snake pit, don't get me wrong, but you'd also want to see the racing, and it's you get pretty much got to choose one or the other when you're there. I could t- there was I, a can, marshmallow you do, concert. You yeah. can do both, Kevin. If they have the racing behind you and the concert in front, you just watch the racing while listening to the music and raging. Well, it's all completely I'm saying possible. Is they better have a big TV screen there. Yeah, if they don't, then I'm probably going to be, after yeah. like 20 laps, be like, all right, this is fun. I, I can <laughs> yeah. only rage so hard in the middle exactly. of 80-degree weather in Indiana. I was yeah. genuinely thoroughly confused because I was like, okay, there's the snake pit. All right. And then like five laps into the race, there's like fireballs and smoke coming from the infield. I'm like, what the, who died? <laughs> Wait, who's the guy with the, who's the guy with a bucket on his head? Yeah, oh, that's crappy. Marshmallow? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Can, yeah. call him Trash Can, man. I was he, so confused. Apparently generic, I'm way too old for that shit. He's the generic EDM guy. If you ever have questions about music, I'm, I'm always the guy. I will say his uh, his new song with Juice World is amazing. I'm sure it is. I know I'll, we're getting I'll, in, I'll in the music now, but <laughs> going going back to racing, a, a big question that I I feel like get asked to every short track racer: Have you ever been part of a bounty? Whether no, it be on your oh. head or you were in a race where someone had a bounty on them? Uh, not no, not exactly. But I was told by the uh, owner of the track to let somebody else win or I won six features in a row and he said let somebody else win and I was like I got on the radio hey uh, he just told me to let somebody else win what do I do (laughs) and my dad go my dad about two minutes later goes pull it in we're going home I'm like oh shit okay what so yeah he told us he told my dad that uh, if we didn't let somebody else win because we were quote stinking up the show that uh, we would lose, we'd, our division would have to run behind another division, and we wouldn't get any points. Wow, that's so said, bullshit. Screw dude. you, we're going home. Yeah, you want to you want to let us know which track this was, or you want to keep that on the DL? That's kind of messed up. No, it's water it's, under um, the bridge now. Water <laughs> under the bridge, long time ago. But Damn, yeah, no, dude, that I didn't happened. Know that was a thing because obviously it's not happening right now with Kyle Larson. I mean, he's just. He is the show right now. Yep. People like to see it. I guess I wasn't. Uh, you're not. You're not personable enough. enough. You're not I wasn't. They didn't, this podcast didn't exist yet. Reddit didn't exist yet. So they didn't know how fun you were yet. Hell, I didn't know how fun I was yet. <laughs> that is crazy, though. Like I, I, I do from a from a certain point. Like I guess they NASCAR used to ask Jeff Gordon back in his peak in the late. 90s to when he had like a five second lead not to go any uh go out in front of everyone just because they didn't want to quote unquote stinking up the show and like from a promotion side i get it but then from an actual competitive wanting to see the best be their best that would suck like imagine like lewis hamilton in the the most recent f1 race had like a 20 second lead and he had such a big lead that he literally came in for a pit stop and got fresh tires so he could set out the fastest lap. I mean, I can't imagine the FIA saying, hey, slow it down a little bit. They're all about their purity, man. Let's be yeah. real. Yeah, I right. Um, yeah. What kind of, um, what, what was like your goal like to drive by, like, I'll, I'll probably, I, I would have to assume Cup Series, but like, you know, realistically, what was like the car that you were always like the most excited? Like that's like something I really want to get myself into. Super late model. You just wanted to 
just do super late models? I wanted to, to get into a super late model. I wanted to try uh, an ASA car. Mm-hmm. And I was, this was back when ASA was like still producing. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Like two, oh, yeah. That, that was the same year. That was the same time frame as Jimmy oh. Johnson was running that number 44 Pennzoil car. That's cool. That's shit. cool. Yeah. Was it? No, wait, hang on. No, because he had the 99 Monty Body. So about uh, two or three years after that. Okay. But still, that, that time frame, I wanted to go ASA. And I was about three days away from getting a check to run three or four ASA races. Oh, that's cool. And then sponsorship said they changed owners, and, a, and the uh, new owner nah. of the business went, "Nope, ah, fine." Damn, that's, that sucks. I'm sorry. It happened. But Kevin? no, I'm, like I said, I'm just glad I ran out of ran out of money before I ran out of talent because that would have hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what I've been wanting to ask this whole time is, you were telling us way back when, um, probably ten or twenty episodes ago, you got involved in a uh, a pit crew job for a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, on the local levels, yeah, yeah. I uh, I made friends. It yeah. was a um. <laughs> You know, I just recently found out that uh, racing from the time I was 17 to 21 was my going to college. Because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go to college. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I just, it was, school was never for me. But I still had that college age experience. Yeah. Because I spent money I didn't have. I did things I wouldn't have normally done anywhere else with people I would have never have met. And I drank a lot more than I ever would have in a normal situation. And I made friends, and it was, well, you're not racing? You want to come crew for us? Yeah, absolutely I do. That might have been the best quote that's ever been spoken on this podcast. I'm not lying. That was amazing. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> All of it right there. The... <laughs> I'm so happy that it went complete robo for me during the quote, and I'll never know. Oh. I guess you have to listen back. Basically, he was saying college is pretty much what we did at Florida State, except he didn't. Um, go yeah. to classes. He went to racetracks. Kind of wish that yeah. was me, honestly. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. And I, I absolutely loved it. I don't know if I'd change anything ever again. Yeah. But yeah, I made friends that I'm still friends with today. It's like, oh, how do you know him? Oh, from the racetrack. It's like, oh, <laughs> roommate in college type of thing. Yeah. Huh. And I went to the track. I always, for some reason, no, I didn't. I ended up rolling up like Tom Cruise at the beginning of Days of Thunder one night. <laughs> Not joking. I had my motorcycle, had Damn. my helmet with me. I rolled up, and a guy's like, hey, my car's not doing this or it's doing that. You want to hop in and tell me what it's doing? Okay. And that, kind of, beca- that kind of became my, uh, uh, my foot in the door for getting other rides. I just always show up to the track with my helmet and suit, and people come up to me and goes, "Hey, you want to drive this tonight?" Yes, I do. They started. They started calling me a whore. <laughs> which just I around from from garage from to garage. car to car. Yeah, and I took that, you know, I took that as an insult because I was not a whore because I didn't charge. I just never said no, which makes me a slut. <laughs> <laughs> You were you're you're everyone's favorite hoe. 
<laughs> it's the best interview ever. <laughs> oh god! No, I be- I became a I became a super sub. It was hey, I'm going to be out of town this weekend. You want to pick up my car and go race it? Yeah. So, so basically, the Regan Smith of a generation prior. <laughs> you were basically yeah. And here, here's the thing with that: I was a Regan Smith before Regan Smith. I always considered myself to be the local short track of Roberto Moreno. Okay. Oh wow. Because he was known as a super sub. Very long time. I know, right? (sighs) I'm also very old, so there's that too. It's a reference I caught, Kevin. So, you know, once again, (laughs) wasn't born yet. Wasn't born. Yep. (sighs) Well, thank you. I'd I'd love to end it on that. I don't think we're going to end it on a better note than that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Thanks, thanks, Matthew, for finally doing this with us. We appreciate it. Anything else you want to share? Uh, is there anything else you want to ask? We've already Not established really. that, uh, that we're good there. I went I'm, to I'm the sure. University of Circle Track, and I'm a slut. Matthew, I'm we sure. got you on so many different episodes at this point. I'm sure there's anything you can remember. You'll bring it up randomly, and we'll be like, "That's oh. that's what I'm saying." Every like every other episode where he's on, we hear this story that we're just like, "Wait, what?" So we'll we'll try to go more in depth as uh, as it pops up next time. Lit. So yeah, that's right. that's that's the background. So that filled in most of the. Uh, off the wall one-liners where you're like wait what so i think that fills in a backstory for most of that oh yeah we'll uh we'll save my career as a crew bitch for uh for a later time then sounds good to me Um, all right, so let's move along. We got a couple of races this weekend. Me and Kevin alluded to it that there's no Xfinity in trucks. There should be trucks this weekend. I think they they, they need to make up those races somewhere. But uh, yeah. we got Cup at New Hampshire um, and F1 at the 75th uh, British Grand Prix at Silverstone. 75th? Definitely. Is it not the 70th? I think it's 70th. Is it? I thought it was 75th. Uh. This. Uh, I thought that was like the big deal that they were going to be on the seventy fifth British Grand Prix. I think I think because it started in fifty, so that would make it seventy. But I know there are. Well, actually, I don't even think that it is because they technically have two British Grand Prix coming up. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a okay, header, no, it's the British much. GP, then the seventieth anniversary GP. That's so, right. It's like yeah, I, as someone who just drove on the um. Silverstone track for the first time in F1 2020. That track is a blast. It's holy crap. Going through the S is a lot of fun. I don't think I've driven on a track, an actual track, where um, there's better flow. There was one in Gran Turismo where it was a fake track in Japan, which was amazing, but Silverstone, and especially it's weird because it's flat, and you think flat would be, I don't know, not as good as a lot of elevation change, but Silverstone is a phenomenal track. Cannot wait to see and follow along the entire weekend. And we also have another flat track mm-hmm. in the Cup Series this weekend in New Hampshire. Just a, just a one-day show showing up and racing in front of a crowd, too. I think they're expecting about 15K there. So hopefully those fans who That's get to good. go get on a good show. Yeah. yeah. Please wear masks. Please wear masks, yeah, please. <laughs> um, what is it? Yeah, well, last year they put on a damn good show with um with the boys out there. Uh, You know, Harvick and... and Hamlin, pretty much, I guess, the start of the the rivalry this year, put on. I was going to say, yeah, Yeah. they've won half the races this year. We're going to the, yeah, yeah. So we had a lot of fun 
there, and we saw Brandon Jones obviously get his first stage win there last year, or mm-hmm. second stage win, sorry. It was, a, it was definitely a fun weekend. So, you know, I, I know they're going to be doing the PJ1. They kind of have to. Um, it's, it is a flat track, and it, it's just always been like that. So, you know, that's how the racing is. But, you know, it feels like with New Hampshire, there are multiple lanes you can run there and still be fast. I know that, and they're still, they're going to be doing the small blade this year there, if I recall correctly. They are, yes. It's the uh, yes. it's under Darlington Lathe, which which bodes well yeah. because the, so. the twenty eighteen race there was phenomenal with that late race battle with Harvick and uh Kyle Bush where you gave him the bump and run with like seven to go. So I'm I'm hoping to see something yeah, like had, that again. We've had a couple good races in a row there. Yeah. Which is weird because t- it's like two or three years ago we were talking Chicago and New Hampshire, like the worst tracks on the schedule. And then they've produced banger races back to back, so it's it's cool to see how every every given Sunday we can have a great race, no matter where we run at. I'm really hoping that we can get something good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hopefully going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Um, you know, obviously, no qualifying, no uh, no practice, and that's actually been announced that we won't have that for the rest of the season. Pocris and uh, mentioned that he's actually kind of annoyed about it. Wait, we'll get our takes on that in a minute. So, um, but have you gotten the qualifying order yet? Not yet. They're the random draw. So Eric Almarola will be starting on the pole, most likely. Um, and more than likely. Yep. <laughs> no, he actually fell off into the uh, thirteen. Yeah, which sucks for him, especially now because he's getting down there in points. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that. Yeah, I mean, he was. He was really pissed off about uh, last week's racing, and you know he had a good quote, basically that um, you know it, it's just they can't get going right away, so it's just going to be a, an absolute traffic jam causing wrecks. So yeah, yeah, De is not pleased right now. <laughs> he's really holding on now. It seems like I don't blame him. I mean, New Hampshire, he he's good at these lower downforce tracks, so that should be yeah. a good good track for him. But yeah, if he draws bad, I feel yeah, Wood Brothers runs well here. All right. Well, um, you guys want to get into picks? Yeah, Matthew's got to head out. It sounds like. Um, oh, okay. Do you want to text me your picks? Nice. All right, no do worries, we have? Dude, uh, well, hey, do you have Alex's picks? No, I don't have Alex's picks either. Okay. How about we just save the picks for? Um, we'll post on Twitter, and then we'll just go straight into rounding out the field. You want to just round out the field? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, so Ma- hey, Matthew, Matthew thank, thank you again. On. Yep. All right, man. Dude, take care. No problem, man. See you soon. All righty. So then rounding out the field, I guess we can go ahead and, oh, Jesus, I opened up text messages. Brilliant. Off to a great <laughs> rounding start. Um, I saw First thing this- I want to get... Yeah, go. The first, first thing I want to get into is uh, we have an IndyCar schedule update. Don't know if you saw. Uh, I saw the um, schedule updates. I saw Portland's canceled. Yeah, Portland and the Laguna Seca doubleheader are canceled. But in return, we do get a fourth, or I guess third IndyCar road race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We get a doubleheader at Mid Ohio, <laughs> which is great because that race last year Mid Ohio was, was great. Last- and we get a doubleheader yeah. at Gateway. So that should be fun. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be before the Indy 500, we get a doubleheader at Gateway. The weekend after. The weekend after, sorry. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Awesome. That's going to be fun. 
And I do believe fans will be in attendance for all those doubleheader weekends. Damn. Okay, so that's going to be fun, I guess. You know, definitely, obviously, I wish. So is St. Pete still a go? Yeah, St. Pete is still on for now. Um, Okay, cool, because I do want to go to that. That was a lot of fun last year. My insider information has heard nothing about it being canceled. I know they aren't selling tickets yet. They probably just want to wait and see how... um, one, how coronavirus in Florida goes, and then with yeah. how many tickets you can sell with the street course. But yeah, it's definitely a go for now. But I, I know for a fact that they will not run that race without fans because there's no point of setting up and shutting down an entire city just for no fans to be allowed in. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we should get well, more clarification I'll in find the future, but it's looking good for now. I'll find someone in the apartment complex there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hope, hopefully we can get that figured out. Obviously, Florida is a fucking petri dish. So, but we're gonna have two. <laughs> we're gonna have two NASCAR races here in a couple of weeks. So, and and we'll get to whatever they're talking about there. We mentioned the chicane. Um, mm-hmm. I also saw that NASCAR to potentially use taller spoilers for the Daytona Road Course. I don't know. Um, I don't know. They should have just gone to Road Atlanta at this point. We're two weeks out. Yeah. And uh, also, shout out, we didn't mention it before, shout out to Brad um, for getting a sixth place oh. finish at his Spec Me Auto race this weekend. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll we'll do that. Shouts out, Brad Perez, a.k.a. Brad. He got a sixth place finish. Um, P Money got the win. Uh, Preston Pardis, if you don't know. Uh, so good good job for those boys out there. And yeah, I'm. I personally am going to see it. If I can see him race at Sebring in the future, but Ooh. yeah, definitely like the Spec Auto racing is fucking awesome. Yeah, Kevin, maybe uh, roll on down for that. I've not been um, to Sebring yet. Might have to. Same, dude. I have never been either, and I heard it's a frick over there for the twelve hours. So I'm gonna do that next year. I'm gonna do the twelve hours, but I definitely want to watch some racing there in general. But going back to what you said about mid, um, not mid Ohio, sorry, Road Atlanta, they should definitely just do the race there. It's it's yeah, the it's facilities are all there. Everything's <laughs> there. You're already going to be doing a race with no practice, anyways. Why aren't you doing yeah. something that isn't a fucking joke? Like yeah. they do a road course, but like um, this is a lot different situation with the Robo for me. Like I had no problem with them adding a chicane on the back stretch with the Robo and then changing that it the year after. Yeah. To add another passing zone, but if you're if you're gonna hype up the Daytona road courses, you know it's oh it's what the 24, 24 hours race runs on prestigious layout. Don't add a chicane off a of turn four. It's just, eh. I don't yeah. know. There's like run the right package. I I get that they're gonna like. I'd rather them run the twenty nineteen um road course package that we got last year, which was no bueno, but at least that'll have higher drag, so they won't be blowing tires. And blowing out breaks every lap going into turn one, but I don't know. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a sticky situation, and with two weeks out, I'm honestly just waiting for the train wreck to go. Yeah, this is going to be an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. Absolute train wreck. Uh, no one's going to be able to look away from. And you know, we mentioned oh, watch it last it. Don't week. Get me how... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely going to watch it. You fucking, <laughs> I'm going to go to the race. Road course race. I went to the first Roval race at Charlotte. You put your ass. I'm going to go to the first Roval at Daytona. So that's, that's definitely yeah. happening. Um, I'm 
Anthony is currently going full robo mode. I'm not yeah, sure. I think it's trucks. And I, I mean, especially Arca. Arca can go flying. Yeah, I noticed it. I, I noticed it. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. I am. Yeah, doing good. All right, that's much better. Okay. What I was saying, let me just get to catch this for the other. Like the Arca. They, they're known for their Arca breaks. I don't want to see him go full Arca mode into turn one. That's going to be scary. Yeah, I feel like for Arca, it's going to be such an absolute shit show that they might as well not put any barriers between um, the turn one, turn NASCAR one exit, just want... because there's going to be a lot of people blowing through that. And the T-bone someone at 120. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. It's it's this is, It's going to be I, I, from the moment they mentioned this, I just felt like it wasn't going to be enough to do. And now that they don't have pressure, they're going to do the chicane, the higher drag. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm more worried than I am excited. And like, I don't really like that for these guys. But I mean, maybe expectations will be averted, and this will be fun. But from what I've talked about, from the guys who are potentially going to be racing there, like they're, they're just as worried, as they are, or at least I am. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. You know, the, I, I thought the Roval for the first race was very tame, very timid. You know, it was like everyone's just trying to get their footing. Oh, yeah. There, and then it went complete, uh, it went complete blackout. Yeah, the, the thing about the Roval, there was enough laps in that race, I think 109 laps scheduled, where they could, you know, find out the braking zones and perfect it towards <laughs> oh, the end of the Jesus. race. But there's, there's only going to be... At a 50. maximum 50 green flag laps in that entire Daytona race. So that's that's not a lot of room to, or a lot of time to learn. So, well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Is it going to be during the day? Yes, 3 o'clock start time. What am I saying? What am I, what am I saying? It has to be during the day. I don't have fucking headlights. At this point, I'm hoping it rains, too, because they're bringing rain tires. Oh, that, and... would be the, that would be the icing on the cake, but it's four. Oh, yeah. There won't be rain without lightning. No, you you already know there's not going to be rain, and then when we get to the uh, Coke Zero 400, it's going to be a Category 5 hurricane coming through. Can't wait for that one. Can't yeah. wait for the Coke Zero 400. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's see. What else we got to talk about? Uh, is it, I think it's Matt Benedetto's birthday today. Yes, happy birthday, Matt Benedetto, and happy early birthday in advance. Might have mentioned it before to to you, Anthony, on Thanks, Wednesday. How old are you turning? 47? Um, I think that my AARP <laughs> card comes in the mail. I'm pretty sure. You're a dickhead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> God. Um, I, yeah. I turned 26 on uh, Wednesday. I'm not looking forward to it. I keep having dreams that are scaring me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like aging. Speaking of dreams, I have had, been having some really weird NASCAR dreams lately. Oh, dreams boy. We're general. back. We're back. I, yeah, we're we're bringing back the old segment, Anthony's weird racing dreams, and you know, I've I've had some strange ones over the last couple of weeks for sure. Um, I I started taking melatonin to help in my sleep, and it's it's working. I'm sleeping, but I'm having very vivid dreams. I've I I think one of the ones is I was at Bristol finally, oh, nice. um, but Bristol had about ninety degree banking. And I was a cleaning crew on it, and I had to ninety degree banking. It was like what do you mean ninety degree? It was maybe like seventy degree banking. It was really steep, and I was standing on it with a helmet. 
helmet on. And they're like, yeah, you're going to need this in case you fall. I'm like, in case I fall, how is it safe? I was freaking out. It wasn't fun. Um, That's and then nice. And then I was sitting, and then as a as a like a little thing for me cleaning up the track, they put me in a uh, they put me in a suite right off of turn four. But the, nice. the suite is right where the corner was, so the wall was where the suite was. And then Eric Almirola just drove his car right through it and was like, "Hey, what's up?" Huh. And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to give him the jaws of life to get him out. It was fucking crazy, dude. Like, these dreams are getting weirder and weirder. I had a dream about, like, the Roval at Daytona. It was, it was, I was, that was weird. That's why I think that's where I got the headlights from is, like, yeah, NASCARs don't have headlights. So, yeah, we're, we're going to have more dream sequences on this podcast. I, I'm um, pretty sure towards the, um, the month of August now, with the Indy 500, I feel like every year I have an Indy 500 dream, just watching all the practices and qualifying. Every year so, too. Yeah, I'll, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely yeah, have an Indy 500 Daytona 500 recap. Yep. 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 Dude, yep. Maybe we'll be able to predict the winner from that, and, and maybe like actually gamble. That'd be sweet. Like, be I think that that I think that Bristol dream happened for the All Star race, and I'm pretty sure Chase Elliott was the one that, that pulled. Eric Almirola out of the, the car, so I, I could have bet on that and won. <laughs> Chase Elliott, obviously. Am I still going Robo? No, you sound good. Okay, cool. You want Robo for like a split second. Um, Got some sad news for all the ladies around the world. Um, This is really heartbreaking, obviously, but uh, Ryan Blaney is officially taken. And Chase Elliott, too. And Chase Yep. Yeah, wow. Yep. So congrats to both of them on the sex, first of all. Well, I guess we can't congrats them on the sex until the baby is born. But congrats to them on kissing. That's obviously, you know, a, a big yeah, it's step a shame up that in there. Mike Harmon's the only um, dream boy out there left for all the, uh, the NASCAR fam ladies. He has a, a wonderful bachelor pad at Applebee's. And I know he has a rewards point system there. So I, I, I see that as a win-win for any girl that lucky that that he decides that he wants to date. Yeah, single fire. Single file there, ladies. There's there's enough <laughs> Terminator for everyone. Uh speaking about single though, <laughs> did you see that Danica Patrick and uh Aaron Rodgers I don't really know that this is news, but this is just and then all of a sudden Ricky Stenhouse has pulled out the mother of all mullets. Yeah, it's uh a lot of people were speculating that um Stenhouse's early retirement and then leading to the pictures of his mohawk was just coincidence. But now that is 100% confirmed an attempt to get Danica back. You heard it here first, NASCAR Beat Reporter on Left Turns and Loud Noises podcast. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how uh, the redemption arc goes for Ricky Stenhouse. Dude, I feel like if Ricky wins the Daytona, he's, Danica's got to be there. The only way it's going to happen. That would be amazing. Could you- could you imagine <laughs> Ricky Ricky wins and Danica runs out on the track? I would be back. so happy. That would that's like that's straight movie stuff. I'm pretty sure NBC already has a whole acting crew and everything ready for stunt doubles. Well, I wasn't done yet. I was gonna say that Danica then gives him the Coldstone uh, stunner there at the end. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, well, I, either way, um, the the flow was was existent. At um, I personally thought it looked ridiculous. I was like, this is, the, "This is the dumbest." It's like business in the front, party in the back, hieroglyphics on the side. Yes. It was um, 
It was, it was one of the weirder hairstyles, but God bless him. Yo, James Davison's going to race in the 53 New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah, one more rolling chicane to look out for. Yeah. He's not, okay. that, he's not that bad. No. He's not that bad. But I think that is I that his actually first cup start? Seen... No, he's had like two already this year. He did the double header okay. Pokemon, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure, though. Double... I'll double check that shit. What else you got, Kevin? I think that's about it. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty tame week right now for motorsports. So there's no Indy car and then no under uh, other NASCAR series going on. But not this weekend, but next weekend we're we're having a full slate, including a NASCAR doubleheader, IndyCar doubleheader, F1. It's it's going to be a fun week and fun times ahead. Sports are coming back. Anthony's glad that he saw the Red Sox win once, and then the season's probably going to get shut down mm-hmm. again. But then uh, besides that, yeah, season's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, real quick, we got some sad news. Maurice Petty, a NASCAR Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. sadly lost his life on Saturday. Um, I believe he was 83 years old. Uh, he was a, like I said, NASCAR Hall of Famer, stock car racing pioneer, who supplied the horsepower that propelled uh, Richard Petty and Petty Editors to so many of their victories. Um, yep. Also lost Danny Schull. Um, Danny passed away unexpectedly and peacefully at home. Um, he leaves behind his wife of 28 years, Pamela, and his two daughters. Um, and we also lost Bob Bear. I'm, I hope I'm saying this right. Bob Bear, who was the former owner of New Hampshire Motor Speedway and Oxford Plains Speedway, he's died at 93. Um, um wow. and that was on Friday. So a lot of sad news, unfortunately. We also had lost Regis Philbin over the weekend. That was that was unexpected. I didn't realize he was 88. That was crazy. Uh, and we also news, lost, but um, yeah, t- we also lost Brad Campbell, who was a, actually a spotter for DGM Racing in the Xfinity Series on his way to Texas. Oh, wow, he got into a crash. So yeah, definitely not the best week for um, sad, sad week. Yeah, a lot of yeah, but I think that just serves as a reminder: hug everyone, love everyone while you can, because you never know. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously this is personal. Lost on. Um, My uh, professor from my mm-hmm. job that I was uh, working at last year, he he was my basically my trainer. He uh, sadly yeah. passed away of cancer, and I was that really hit me. I know because you know he seemed completely fine when he was teaching me. It's just you know definitely you know like Kevin said, once give him a big hug, I love him. Definitely go to your doctor as often as you can to make sure that everything's working fine. Yeah. Caught it the last minute, sadly. Which is why I'm super um, excited to be able to hug Anthony this weekend. Hopefully, we'll be able to watch yeah. him racing together on Sunday. So we'll end that on a good positive we'll, note. We'll, we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be socially distancing hugging. Oh, of course. Let's, yes, let's, yes. Not, let's not actually like, virtual sorry. hugs. Of course. Of course. Whole thing that the base hitting each other's knees or something. Yeah. Or, or cleats, I don't know. I'm not watching this <laughs> one anymore. Red Sox. This is on Sunday. I'm excited. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Um, oh, yeah. Anything else, Kevin? I think that's it. No, do we have anything else? No. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, shouts out Stadium Scene TV. Um, you know, they're our partners. They've done a lot of great stuff with us this year. We're going to actually be on Stadium TV this week. We're recording a little 10 minutes with 
Uh, they're going to do ask us. We'll post the link. You guys definitely need to check out. And check out their website. There's a lot of great sports podcasts. I know um going on right now. There's a lot of good ones. I've been keeping up with the MLS with a couple of those podcasts. Um, of course, I still don't understand playoff bubble thing that they do. <laughs> but I got to admit, man, um, you know, definitely a lot of soccer being played. And I do love the Premier League. Pissed off at Liverpool. Finally won a championship, but ironic that they win their first Premier League championship and no fans can celebrate it. So, ha, ha, ha to Liverpool. Um, yeah, go <laughs> so, definitely, though, check out Stadium Scene TV um, for awesome new content uh, from sports producers all over the world. And if you're a content creator, make sure to check out their MVP network where you can connect with more fans. Or podcasts or video uh, series out there to more people that would want to check you out at stadiumscene.tv. Um, special shouts out to Methy for coming on. Today. It was it was a lot of fun, Kevin. Did yeah, that was. You? No, I'm 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 been here listening to your sweet and sexy voice. Yeah, Methy, thank you. An amazing interview. Um, make sure to give him some love on Twitter. I'm sure we'll both quote tweet it saying a big old thank you. If you guys could leave a comment or just a review of his his awesome interview, that would be much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Make sure to uh, check us out on Twitter at LTLN Podcast and check us out on iTunes and Spotify. We are Left Turns and Loud Noises. Oh, We will be back next weekend. Maybe we'll get some live content this week yeah that'd be sweet last year for new hampshire that'd be fun i'll figure something out for that but uh yeah until next time i have been anthony and i have been kevin and we'll see you guys back when i'm 26 all right bye (laughs) love y'all and now from high above the start finish line at ontario here is ken squire City block in less than a second. Who will take the lion's share of $180,000 as it roars into the first turn and they begin to shuffle down the back straightaway. It is a two-car joust. And now pulls in to appropriate the lead. Into turn three, he fireballs his way into the lead. Goes out in front by one, two, three car lengths. Here. It is a game of improvisation being played at its very best right now. All the leading car owners, the patrons of the art are here today. Talk about a choo-choo train. And look at that Oklahoma land rush back there. It is going to be a land rush to decide the Daytona 500. It's down to the inside every so often to scoop some fresh air into the automobile because the gauges begin to roll around and get red and rosy out there. The gauges just get red and rosy out there and you have to watch them all the time. Lincoln car thrusting that machine back in front. Sticks it right in there out of turn number four. He may have shot his arrow a little too early here. Earnhardt retiring. The engine caves in on car number two. His car turning out to be a smoker, and that may indeed impair his health for this race. That is Donnie Allison, his engine erupting up here. Johnny Utzman hand grenades the engine. It detonates right at the start-finish line as the hopes of Johnny Utzman go up in smoke.
the engine tortured in car number 27 and beginning to give up. The heart of the car beginning to go. And now he begins to ache, he begins to hurt. Mark. And you can see A.J. Foyt's red machine up against the wall, still smoldering a bit. But if they touch at 190 miles an hour, it's good night, nurse. We've had a rash of yellow fever here today. There you see the Marcus car coming in on the hook. Marcus hopes have evaporated today. As he comes around, through where the Holocaust took place in turn number four. Following him, it is a Holocaust. Seven, eight, nine automobiles smashing. Jody Ridley crashing into the infield. Spinning, splashing their way down the road. Road. And his car slithering and sliding down to turn number four. Slipping, sliding through cars. And it's shoot and scoot from here, David. Neil Bonnet, a stout and steady third out here. Allison resting beautifully in third. This is one beautiful driver. Laps beginning to unravel in this magnificent race. Getting some air, gobbling it up into car number 88 to keep the engine cool for that final assault. Is about to make his assault on Donnie Allison. A kamikaze attack. We have our own Banzai pipeline here today, and it's the start-finish line of the Daytona Speedway. Like bullets, they propel themselves out of the corner. And here comes the avalanche, spilling down into the first turn. Now they peel off like a squadron of fighter planes through the slower oh. machines. Oh, Bonnet almost getting pushed out. Bonnet comes to the inside in a slower car. Look at Bonnet looking for room. He can't find it. He's in the box. To move down. He is caught. He moves into the middle. He goes right through the buttonhole, through the eye of the needle. He's still trapped. Heavy traffic, beautiful driving. Draws a bead on the checkered flag as he storms out of turn number four at over 190 miles per hour.